there's a, a Christmas is oftentimes associated with waiting, right? Waiting to open the presents, all these weeks and maybe even possibly months of waiting to open up your Christmas gifts, all to be over in about, what, 10.3 seconds, right? And then it's, it's done. Um, all, all this waiting, um, it, it's, it's waiting for the items to go on sale. It's waiting in line to purchase those items once they go on sale. It's waiting for the kids to go to bed. It's waiting for Christmas morning. It's waiting for your parents to finally wake up and get into the living room. It's waiting to unwrap the presents. It's waiting for the dinner to be ready or waiting for the relatives to show up. Or maybe it's waiting for the relatives to leave. (laughs) So let me ask you, what are you or what were you waiting for this Christmas? What are you waiting for? Were you longing for anything? Were you expecting to receive something? Was there something that that you really were just hoping that would be under the tree for you or you're hoping will be under the tree for you? Are you looking forward to anything special today or maybe even this week? Uh, Kids usually write about what they want and they try to make it very clear so that there's no mistake. And I read a few of those letters over the last few weeks and to me they're pretty funny. Dear Santa, when you come to my house there will be cookies for you. But if you're real hungry, you can use our phone and order a pizza. (laughs) Dear Santa, I want a puppy. I want a playhouse. Thank you. I've been good most of the time. Sometimes I'm wild. I like that one. A four-year-old wrote this one, interestingly interestingly enough. Dear Santa, I'll take anything because I haven't been that good. (laughs) Dear Santa, there are three boys in this house. Timmy, age 10, Bobby, age 8, and Colin, age 6. Timmy is good some of the time, Bobby is good most of the time, and Colin is good all of the time. Merry Christmas, signed, Colin. (laughs) You know, in the Gospel of Luke, we uh, find a couple of people there that make their appearance um, in the Christmas story, and we don't really think of it as a Christmas story. You, You don't see these two people on Christmas cards, you don't see them in the nativity, you don't know a lot about them, and yet... There's a man by the name of Simeon and a woman by the name of Anna. And uh, they are significant players in this Christmas story that oftentimes we just don't talk about them. We don't even bring them up. And they were waiting. They were waiting for something. Actually, they were waiting for someone very, very special. Um, Luke uses a Greek word here to describe the anticipation that they had as they were waiting for the coming Messiah. Uh, It literally means that they were alert to his appearance and ready to welcome him. And it's an, it's an interesting thing to think about that, that they were ready. They were alert. They were looking for him. They were searching for him. Uh, we're introduced to Simeon, first of all. Simeon in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says this. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was, a, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Simeon was this righteous man. He was a man that was devout in his relationship to the Lord, and people knew him, and they knew who he was waiting for. He had, we, we think that he had told them, and people knew about him. And at, at this time in the history of Israel, you have to remember that, that things weren't going real well for them. Remember, they are still under Roman rule. Things are, are not well. Uh, they're in a, a constant state of unrest. They hadn't heard from God in many, many years. And they were, they were wondering what was going to happen next. They were hoping for independence. They were hoping for liberation from underneath the Roman, Roman rule. And they were 
also living in fear of the, uh, the capable and crafty and, and even cruel King Herod at the time. And many were wondering and starting to wonder if the Messiah would really ever come. They were beginning to doubt. Verse 26 shows us that, that Simeon had good reason for this hope and anticipation. It says, It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Um, Simeon was focused on the fact that Christ would come, that he would get to see this happen. Uh, among the Jews uh, at this time, one of the common, common names for the Messiah was the name Comforter. And Simeon was looking for this comforter. He was waiting in anticipation for this comforter to, to comfort them from all the stuff that was happening to them under the Roman rule so that they could come out from underneath that. If you think about some of the Christmas hymns and, and songs that we sing, it talks about Jesus comforting us and, and having that idea of comforting us uh, each and every day. They were longing for a Messiah. Simeon was longing for that Messiah to come. And, and it strikes me that, that longing to be comforted is a universal need, isn't it? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we all truly do want to be comforted. We struggle with loneliness and emptiness and uncertainty and, and even de- desperation and depression, those types of things. In fact, Christmas season is one of the major times of stress. It's one of the major times of depression. It's one of the highest rates of suicide because people are longing for something. They're longing to be comforted. The Holy Spirit prompted Simeon to go to the temple on that day, at the specific day, at the specific time, and and he showed up, and and Mary and Joseph were there, and they were bringing Jesus to the temple. When Simeon looked at the baby Jesus, who was now probably about six weeks old, he knew that that God's promise had been kept, and, and he said that here's Emmanuel, here is God with us. He understood that God sent his son to make everything right, and so that that everyone could understand that by his significance and by his very presence, that fear could be eliminated, that rejection could be eliminated, that we would be brought in and that we would be comforted and no longer would we be lonely. Verse 28 of Luke chapter 2 tells us that Simeon reached down and took Jesus out of Mary's arms and began to praise God. And as I thought about that and read through that question, parents, how many of you, if you had your baby and you walked into church, and some strange old guy just came up and took him out of your hands, you would be like, oh yeah, that's fine. And yet, Mary and Joseph allowed it because I think they understood. There's something special about this baby. There's something different. And, and Simeon, he, he took him and he broke out into praise. And he acknowledged that God had not only fulfilled the individual promise to him that he would see the Christ, but fulfilled the promise to the nation. That the Messiah had come, the anointed one who would comfort both the Jews and the Gentiles. The other Christmas character here that we don't talk often about is named Anna. And Anna was waiting with anticipation. And after her husband died, she had dedicated herself to worshiping and serving and fasting and praying in the temple. And in fact, the Bible says she never left the temple, but she did that night and day. She, she continually did that. She was looking forward to that same person that Simeon was looking forward to, but, but she was looking for a different reason. Instead of looking for comfort, Anna was looking for forgiveness. Take a look at verse 38 in that same passage. It says, Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This idea of redemption is taken back to uh, whenever they were slaves. 
and they were captives uh, back in Egypt. Um, In the Old Testament, the Passover was the release of Israel from the Egyptian slavery, and that stood in Anna's day and, and in that time as the ultimate redemption symbol of God's plan to redeem his people to deliver his people and and to release captives. Ultimately, the Passover pointed forward to a day when one would come to release everyone from their sins. And so that's what she was looking forward to. When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God, and she spoke of him to all who were waiting for the redemption. And, And here at last, she saw and she experienced the one who was there to save everyone from their sins. When Jesus came... He provided for us uh, the very things that that Simeon and and Anna were waiting for. God gives us comfort, and God gives us forgiveness. So let me ask you that question again. What are you waiting for this Christmas? What is it that you're looking for? Are you looking for comfort? Are you looking for forgiveness? Are you looking for peace or hope or joy or love or completeness? Of all the gifts and stuff you're going to receive, or maybe you have received, those are going to be great, and you're going to enjoy them, but they're not going to fulfill you the way Jesus will. Only He can fill you up and give you those things and meet your needs right where you truly are. Are you looking for comfort today? Do you feel alone? Do you feel like, yes, it's Christmas, but you're trying to make sure no one understands how much you're hurting inside? Can I tell you that that Jesus understands and he wants to be that comfort to you? Or maybe you're a little bit more like Anna and and you're looking for forgiveness. Because maybe this Christmas season you're plagued with guilt about maybe something you did or something you didn't do or something that you wish you could have done but you weren't able to. Are you looking for that forgiveness? Maybe you're trapped in a a pattern of sin and you just can't break out of it and you wonder how, how this season makes things any different. If you need forgiveness, can I tell you that Jesus offers that to you and he wants to give that to you? He wants you to experience that. He wants to offer that to you and have you experience that each and every day of your life. And I I can think of no better time than Christmas than to truly celebrate God's comfort in your life, to celebrate Christ's forgiveness in your heart and in your life. And let today be a new day. Um, Today we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Wouldn't it be great to celebrate your birthday as well? Wouldn't it be great if today was your spiritual birthday and you said, you know what? Today's the day that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess my sins. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to start today because today is all we have. Today is the day that, that we have uh, set aside where we can gather together. We can worship him. We can sing praises to him. And we can give our gift of our life back to the Father who gave it to us. And so this morning, there's really no invitation accept God's invitation to you. That maybe you need to get it right with Him and you need to confess to Him and, and, and set things right. Maybe you need to talk to someone else. Maybe you need to just be in the presence of others who, who can surround you and encourage you and, and help you in your walk with the Lord. We're glad that you're here today. And, and I hope that, that as you think about maybe today of Anna and, and Simeon and, and how they were waiting for the Lord that that you'll understand you don't have to wait for him. We've lit the Christ candle. He has come. And he's here for you. We celebrate what he did, not only as a baby, but whenever he went to the cross. We celebrate that because that's the game changer. Because that's when we see that the sacrifice for our sins was given.
and that we can have the hope of eternal life with him forever in heaven.